0: This is Channel 253. The Citizen Tacoma Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Candice Rood, and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. I'm Candace. I'm Doug. And we are the Citizen Tacoma Podcast, informing an empowered electorate. I thought we were empowering an informed
1: electorate. In, in the, the city, city of destiny. destiny.
2: Citizen Tacoma.
0: Hi, Doug. Hi, Candace. Uh, Great to see you again, by the way. Yes, indeed. Uh, So today we talked with three brilliant political strategists in the Tacoma area about the state of the upcoming elections in Tacoma in 2019.
2: And even Puyallup.
0: And even Puyallup. (laughs) They dropped some spicy bombs on Puyallup. (laughs) I would say the consensus is... Do the Puyallup. Do the... (laughs) Listen up! (laughs) All right, welcome to Citizen Tacoma. We have today three brilliant political minds from Tacoma. You guys want to introduce yourselves?
3: Sure. Christina Blocker from Archway Consulting Group,
1: uh, Doreen Waller from Archway
4: Consulting Group, and Nick Van Putten from Progressive Strategies Northwest.
0: Awesome. So today we are talking about the 2019 election in Tacoma and beyond a little bit. Uh, So, guys, can you uh, give us a rundown of the state of politics in Tacoma heading into this election season? (laughs) Dorian?
2: Woo.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No. So um, the state of politics is, in some ways, Tacoma as usual. However, there are some actual bright spots where... We're seeing a shift that that actually took place on the on the national and state level, and I can I can definitely feel it taking place here as well. It's just a matter of who is going to step forward and who you know the the voters actually trust in to actually lead them in their council, school board, as well as the port, you know. So so it 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 should be interesting. It seems quieter than usual this year, but yeah. hope but again hopefully over the next couple weeks or months, you know things will actually start to. Light up even more because you know the 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 actual last thing that that actually excites me during the campaign season is seeing two people run against each other, but not really see the outcome until you know the actual general election itself. Now, now it's crazy to see six or seven people running against each other, but you know just having two is like okay, that's great. <laughs> but having three or four is like okay, this is this is going to be interesting. So,
0: yeah, start so, rubbing so, your palms together. So yeah, but yeah. So those are kind of the big the big what do you see yeah what do you guys see as like the big races this year?
4: Well, I mean we've got we've got uh two open you know uh o- open uh city council seats and district 1 seat Anders Ibsen's termed out um and then the at large seat number 8 Ryan is termed out. Um we've also got two incumbents running for re-election re- but I don't you know see that necessarily. Uh drawing top tier opposition. So really we've got those two that are kind of the top of the ticket at the local level and we'll see what develops otherwise in terms of port or school board or, or other races as well.
2: mm mm-hmm.
3: I think one of the one of the interesting races I think this year might be our port commission races and seeing which one of the port commissioners will run for re-election and then seeing who's want who's wanting to run for port commission, especially in light of the this, the this area plan. So
0: right, yeah. So Don Johnson and Claire Petrich are up for re-election. Uh, Don Johnson's been in place since two thousand seven, and I think Claire Petrich has been Pet- Petrich has been in place since nineteen ninety five. So. Maybe time for some new blood there. Has anyone announced for that race yet that you guys know of? I haven't seen anything on the PDC. No.
3: no. The no. Public
0: Disclosure Commission. No.
3: So. <laughs> yeah, nobody yet. Nobody yet. <laughs>
0: shame bell. I just got shame <laughs> Um, So, yeah, uh, Christina and Nick, what do, you, what do you guys see coming into this election year in Tacoma?
3: Well, I'm just really excited just coming off of last year, seeing so much advocacy. People that had... You know, typically hadn't been as involved in um, in our political systems. Um, you know, really feeling comfortable and jumping out there. I I have been a little bit shocked. I felt that buzz from last year, but I feel like January and February have been so quiet, and maybe that means people are taking more time to ramp up. Um, but I'm 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 just really wondering what's going to come out of this election season. Are we going to see the same kind of energy that we saw last year, or is it going to be is it going to be a different kind of campaign year? Mm-hmm. So.
4: Yeah. I mean, I think we, we, in many ways, we're kind of seeing countervailing forces at the national and local level. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm thinking in particular about the school board, and maybe we'll touch more on this later. But um, I think the, you know, the old axiom that all politics is local, um, frankly, I think has been really flipped on its head. I think all politics is nationalized. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that means is I think that a lot of um, whether or not you're, you're activated, whether or not you're engaged in your local level politics is really driven by how you're feeling about the national electorate, right? And so in the Trump era where you have um, a whole lot of uh, pretty radical shifts in terms of um, uh, realignments and or kind of di- uh, divergent engagement levels, right? So, so you see um, one thing we saw in the 2016 election is that a lot of more urban areas just moved very significantly further to the left um in in opposition to Trump and that's kind of driven a lot of different dynamics within those cities because you have um you have more democrats mm-hmm. among the among the electorate and i think that's creating in in some senses it's creating cities that you know here in Tacoma for example we don't have any republicans at least you know no open Republicans. On um, <laughs> council. Um,
2: we, we have no, no, come on. come on. Doreen's ready to talk it, some it, shit. It's a
1: nonpartisan council. Just, well, just It's a just nonpartisan council, just but, just but, that. That. but no, but no, but like, here, think about it.
4: Yeah. Um, in Tacoma, actually, yeah. Tacoma has, you know, maintained that the nonpartisanship of our races yeah. you know going back decades a lot of other cities just don't if you look in you know you look in seattle you look in other areas um a lot of nonpartisan races up in up in snohomish county um really across king county uh these nonpartisan races the, they're they're much more overtly partisan than mm-hmm. ours have been yeah that's true. um and so i think that with that with that leftward shift in the urban areas you're also starting to see more more kind of divides within the Democratic alignment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, something that Seattle had had seen going back a couple of cycles is really the really clear distillation of your your center lane and your left lane blocks mm-hmm. within kind of the Democratic right. Party mm-hmm. in your nonpartisan races. Right. <laughs> um, and and I I don't know. I think we're starting to see that in Tacoma. Um, I don't know how much that'll really manifest, or if we might, as Dorian says, kind of maintain more of this this nonpartisan or ostensibly nonpartisan veneer, right? right. But um, that'll be really interesting to see.
0: Mm. Yeah. It always, when I, I moved to Tacoma three years ago, and I moved here from covering Long Island, which is very conservative, and its politics are very conservative. And so everyone struck me as just, like, shades of blue here. Hmm. But you definitely have, like, bluer based on specific issues in Tacoma, like the environment yeah. Yeah. and that sort of thing. <clears throat> Dorian? No, no, I agree. Yeah.
1: I agree. <laughs> but at the same time, Nick, you, you mentioned, like, this out of various blocks. What do you mean?
4: Well, I think um, – I mean I think you have you – have, it's not so much a matter of more left or more center, although that's certainly a dynamic. But I mm-hmm. think you also have more of your establishment versus your kind of yeah. change-oriented, mm-hmm. yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that part of where you see that coming is a lot of the, a lot of the people who have become Democrats in the last four years are your, your you know, older, white, higher-income, higher-educated Democrats, Right. If you think about your kind of your North End liberals. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and those folks. Even though they're just as Democrat at the national level, in local levels, they act a lot different with their ballot than your younger, more diverse um, type, let's say, you know, hilltop or east side voters. Right.
0: Like you might see them at like a march against Trump, but then in our local little bubble, they seem very conservative for
2: Democratic politics. NIMBY.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> Let's talk about NIMBYs. No?
2: <laughs> that could be a really long conversation.
1: <laughs> Doug, you are operating the censor button, aren't you?
0: Speaking of NIMBYs, what do you guys see as some of the voting issues in school board, port, city council this year? Hmm. Jesus Christ!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Always on the spot. All right. So, um, certain issues. So, let's actually start with school board. Okay. That's fun. Mm-hmm. So, last year, we saw a shift wherein our actual teachers, f- for all that they deserve, decided to actually, hey, no, let's strike. It, it is well overdue. Let's go ahead and strike. And we saw a actual school district and, and school board struggling with how to manage image mm. and also to how to effectively communicate with those teachers and also those actual parents who are say. hey, what's going on? And I think what could be a hot topic this year across the actual political spectrum is who is running for school board, mm. yeah. you know?
3: So,
1: I mean, I of, think school boards poten-
4: has the potential to be some of the most interesting races yeah, um, yeah. because you have you really have two different factors. On the one hand, you have, as Dorian said, you had the strike, right, which which and not just the strike, but you have the the budget cuts that the district is going yeah, through right yeah. now because of uh, the legislature's. Approach to fixing yeah. Cleary, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and and on the other hand, right, and so and so that creates a lot of um, contention, a, a lot of contention, yeah. a lot of perhaps uh, frustration, right? There's a sense that the things are not going well in that in that lens. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you also have skyrocketing graduation rates, right? Uh, we have a district that's performing. You know, educational outcomes for our kids uh, better than it ever has, mm. and so uh, there's good reason to believe that voters may look at the district and be very happy and be very kind of content with the existing board, or, or in the case of an open seat, content with the establishment or um, kind of stay the course type candidate. But then I can also see a very real narrative where the the change agent candidates come out and say, you know, we need we need to completely re- redo this. So I don't know what that's going to be like, and and when I don't have any idea what's going to happen, I get really excited. That's what's fun. (laughs) Those are the races that I like, right? Because,
3: yeah. All right, Christina? Yeah, I completely agree about that that piece about, you know, on one side, we have the quote-unquote establishment, which can seem like the current school board. And then we have, you know, this new crop of, crop of, I don't want to say individuals, but people that are really excited to just change that establishment and not to throw any shade to what the school board is doing. Because I think, like you said, like you said, um, Nick, our graduation rates are higher than they've mm. ever been before. Um, but there's still work to be done. There's I mean, the system isn't perfect. And so I think this is going to be a really exciting election where we see, you know, what our voters really want to see change with our school board. And I always love I always love lo- elections, even if it's, you know, people running against incumbents, because I remember having a conversation with Dorian a few few days ago about how, you know, Nike and Adidas don't, you know, don't ever say, you know, well, you are making great shoes. We're, we're not going to create new shoes. <laughs> no, <laughs> both come out, make great shoes and actually create a, creates a stronger crop of um, product. And so I feel the same way about elections, right? Whether it's candidates running against other candidates or if it's the, or new new candidates running against each other's new candidates running against incumbents. I think it just helps to make our system stronger Mm-hmm. um which 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 then helps our community
0: Right. and where do you see that going this year with the school board like what kind of new change agents are we going to see potentially
3: hmm. i would hope to see hmm. i would hope to see individuals that 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 can find ways to support our to support our our teachers um hmm support our teachers in a in a cohesive way where we're not saying you know where we're not saying to the to to the school board and the whole system like you all don't know how to do this um, but where we can say hey here's some improvement here's how we listen to what our teachers need here's how we can work together and bridge that divide and I think that there's because of last year's strike, there was a lot of contention, so those dialogues weren't weren't happening and 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 I get it right when when there's passion on both sides it's it's hard to hear what the other sides are saying but I think if we can get someone that's a really strong bridge builder, I think that would be that would be that's important to at least help to um, create some balance. Mm-hmm.
4: I don't know, um, but but I think that and this doesn't this doesn't answer your question because I don't know the answer. But I think that um, one one challenge that that I think uh, candidates, either the incumbents or 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 opposition or candidates running for open seats, if there are any, um, are going to face is that the voters I don't think have a very accurate sense of what the school board is responsible for and what the legislature is responsible for. Mm-hmm. Right, and so when we think about um, uh, when we think about perhaps change agents, right, um, how much of that – at least from the voters' perspective, right? I'm not thinking about the candidates per se, but in terms of the the types of things that motivate voters, how much of that is actually driven by the legislature and their opposition to uh, the ways the legislature is funding or not funding uh, or pulling funding from our, our schools um, versus how much of that is actually within the purview of the school board candidates who will, might get elected under that. Kind of uh, kind of campaign.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, that's a good point, Dorian.
1: I would say that optics is everything, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, uh, to just add on to what Nick is saying, I think I think the the actual average voter is going to see it as as a school district problem that it that it, that it is responsible for, even if we all know that it, it's not entirely that. Right. At the end of the day, it's going to say, okay, who who, who exactly are the ones who, who, who can hire the current superintendent? Who has she hired to actually am, am, administer the budget itself? Mm-hmm. And so essentially what's going to happen is that, especially around the actual r- rhetoric of these actual c- campaigns coming up, it's going to be, I can help right this ship. Mm-hmm. I am listening to the teachers and the parents, and I too I believe that our actual d- district has, has not been able to keep a balance, a budget, right. even if we n- know that it's not entirely its fault. Right. You know, I,
4: I want to caveat something that we've been uh, talking about here, because when we're, when we're talking about establishment and change agents, it's easy to think of that as incumbent versus challenger, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's not always the case, not only because you've got open seats, mm-hmm. but one of, um, and I don't want to get too off track, but I know it's it's on our agenda as well. One of my favorite um, races we've ever worked on was uh, Andrew Zibson's re-election campaign uh, four years ago, because um, he was the incumbent, Running for his reelection um, as the change agent right. against the, his challenger, who was the pro-establishment mm-hmm, candidate, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, you could you could see something like that in school board as well. I don't um, I don't know uh, Enrique León at all, but um, being appointed, right, uh, to fill the seat, and I think this is his first election to hold his appointment. Yeah, so. looking around mm-hmm. the room. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's correct. Okay, um, you know, he's someone who, for example, could I, conceivably. Run in either direction on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, someone who's been in there for thirty years might have a harder time doing
2: that. <laughs> uh, but, but we'll see, right? You know,
4: but, um, but yeah. So it's not always as clear as, as incumbent challenge, right? Right.
0: So yeah, talk to me a little bit about the makeup of the school board and who's up for re-election this year, or who, what, what the open <laughs> seats are. or...
3: I mean, there are just two. Mm-hmm. Debbie Winskill and Enrique Leon. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then kind of jumping off of what, what Nick said, Debbie, who's been there for a substantial amount of years, I think most of my life. Yeah. I mean, I don't, um, I don't remember her election. <laughs> 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 yeah. And then, yes, Enrique, who was appointed after Catherine Ishka, um won her city council race.
0: Right. And are there any challengers to them at this point?
3: no I'm not here. I mean anything. I don't
4: even know that we know which of them are running
0: right. right right I
4: mean I haven't heard anything from either challengers or incumbents right it's
0: been very yeah. quiet yeah, yeah and I think this is potentially a good segue into why it's been so quiet yes there's no coverage really of the local political scene right now hey I just
4: mm-hmm. sent out a press release uh, <laughs> like two weeks ago for Nate Flaver right. I really enjoyed reading it
3: in the weekly in the weekly right word for word yeah that's yeah. nice <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I was like, "Oh, way to digest this for your audience, and not just like spew the entire press release out."
4: <laughs> hey, I'm always happy when that happens. <laughs> yeah.
0: So from, you're representing Nate job. Lover. Yeah,
4: we're working with Nate Lover, who's uh, running
0: for District One. Yep,
4: District One to come City Council, uh, the open seat that Anders Ibsen is leaving,
0: mm. and he's been endorsed by Anders. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, talk to me about what it's been like this election cycle, not really seeing a whole lot of print coverage of. Candidate announcements, other kind of nitty gritty sausage making election year stuff.
3: So this year has just been quiet overall, um, even with without the news Tribune, you know, being quite as active as they used to be. I feel like it's candidates, especially new newer candidates. I'm I'm. I'm just basing it off of the 2015 influx of when my husband ran for city council, and at least for his seat, when he announced he was the third person announcing in January. Wow. So I always treat it like, okay, where is everyone in January? Where where are their, um, where, yeah, where is their presence? And so... Yeah, this year has has seemed like it's a lot quieter, and yeah, especially with the News Tribune not reporting like it used to. I think that that's going to impact our races even more. I'm wondering um, if they will do their editorial board endorsement. I mean, it leads to a whole bunch of questions as to how 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 will it impact our how will it impact our candidates' campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and, and, and also it's nice to know that there is at least one local newspaper that is covering it, mm-hmm. uh, covering any of the races. So I do appreciate the Tacoma Weekly for um, just being involved and, and continuing to at least share the messages, share the narratives. But I wonder what that's going to look like over the course of the next few months. Even though um, they're
0: just reprinting press releases, essentially. Yeah. Don't at me.
3: It's better
4: than nothing. Um,
3: <laughs> look, I, I mean, I think
4: the—I would say that the bar was really set last cycle mm. um, when I mean, you, you guys. I hope we're going to remember this, but uh, uh, the the News Tribune ran their um, uh, their schedule for endorsements that they laid out of who are they going to endorse and when, um, and, and then they had to run another editorial the next um, couple days later because they realized they had forgotten that we elect judges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they literally just flat out, forgot and they said it. Yeah. They said we we forgot
2: oh, that we elect judges in Washington yeah. State. Oh, um,
4: not to mention, uh, I think it's pretty clear, pretty well under- understood that they uh, didn't realize that just dist- one of the the council districts didn't. Like the, the council three didn't include the east side, yeah. or vice versa. Oh, yeah. That council yeah. four didn't include oh, hilltop. So this was before yeah. my time
0: in Tacoma. I think this is oh, yeah. when, when, when Keith was first elected. That cycle. Like, no. Oh, well,
4: no, 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 no. This was this was the district four race with uh, Kevin oh. and Catherine. Oh, mm-hmm. right, right, right. And they, in their in their write up yeah. of it, right. yeah. uh, referenced something That's that pretty right. clearly indicated that they didn't know the district boundaries. Yeah. Right? Well, they
0: also there was just a lot of yeah. So, uh, just bizarre. Shit that happened. The bar was, <laughs> the
4: bar was set. Else. The bar was set, right? Yeah. So, like, I mean, I've 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 been telling my candidates, uh, don't expect, basically, don't expect news coverage. Right. Right.
1: Right. Period. Which actually means not for you to voter, more mailers. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: More doorbelling is just <laughs> yes. <what Dorian> said. <laughs> <mean. Yeah. laughs> Either way, the, the candidates will not be able to rely somewhat on you know press free you know you know for, if not earned media, just more media presence in general. So you will probably see more of the candidate, if not in your mailbox, then at the very least, at your door.
3: Yeah. Right. I also want to add in on top of the news review not reporting, Facebook has banned any ads. Right. So the yeah. candidates are really going to have to work hard yeah. to really generate that organic buzz. And not to say candidates in the past haven't, but it's been a little bit more accessible. It's helped to make, uh, allow campaigns to be a little bit more cost efficient. Right. Um, but now it's, yeah, that changes. And I hate to call it old school campaigning, but on some levels it is. And it, and it yeah. does take it back to mailers indoors. and doors. Mm-hmm. and. Emphasis should be on doors, um, but yeah.
4: I mean, I think that we, you know, uh, the three of us sitting in this room, we're we're consultants. Uh, we we make our money, our living, you know, doing campaigns, right? So we like we like campaigns. I'm sure that everyone listening here is hearing us say no no mailers, or, or I guess not no mailers, no Facebook ads. Uh, that's great. I don't want Facebook ads, right? But when you think about it, it's like the vote. The voters need information in order to accurately evaluate the races. We've lost the opinion leaders, the kind of institutional opinion leaders um, that have helped. Perhaps one could argue helped inform the electorate. One could also argue that they've perhaps misdirected the electorate. So whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, that the, the decisions are more on the voters now. Right. You know, that, You're that's not getting not spoon-fed
0: information. Right. And and way. there is a right. good
4: side to that. Um, but then the flip side is exactly that. You need more direct information from the campaigns. Um, uh, I think Facebook's uh, uh, disagreement with the attorney general is really brutal in that regard, because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, it's one less method, as yes. Christina right. said, that the campaigns have to communicate with the voters. I mean, we always hear, you know, people talk about how candidates don't say anything. Right. And the only the only free piece of communication that we're able to send to the voters is the voters pamphlet statement, which depending <laughs> on the office you're running for, is limited at 100 or yeah. 200 words. Yeah. I yeah. think this sentence is longer than that. <laughs>
0: right?
4: Like you can't say anything in that.
0: Right. You right. can't
4: talk about policy. Right. Um, and so, you know, with fewer and fewer ways to do that, it's just hard for the voters to make an accurate judgment. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right. We're going to take a real quick break and we'll be right back.
4: This is Nate Bowling, host of the Nerd Farmer podcast on the channel 253 network. I fly a lot, and when I fly, I wanna actually enjoy my time in the air. So I'm looking for two things. One, being treated like a human being, and two, an amazing mileage plan. And for those two things, the only game around is Alaska Airlines. The flight attendants are courteous, the service is efficient, and when I fly with Alaska, I feel like a human, like a customer, not a commodity. And the mileage plan, I get rewarded for the miles that I fly, which means that flying across the country really racks up the miles. So the next time you're looking to fly from SeaTac, skip the travel sites. Just head to alaskaair.com, book your ticket. You'll thank me. I'm Nate Bowling, Alaska Airlines MVP Gold, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com.
0: All right, welcome back. As a reminder, you're listening to Citizen Tacoma on the Channel 253 Network. We would love it if you would become a member, if you like the podcast you've been hearing, if you love the Nerd Farmer, if you love We Art Tacoma and Crossing Division and us, please go to channel253.com and become a member. It is a mere $4 a month or $40 a year. As I've said previously, $4 a month is like three chicken taquitos from 7-Eleven. So hopefully... Hopefully we can get some some members. Chicken tikitos are delicious. Anyway, they're not that delicious. Do so people
1: eat that? I eat that. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. What?
0: They they have like cream cheese in them. They're so good. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> not as good as a membership. They're not, not as, as good, good as a membership. They're not as good as a membership, which I'm is just, more
0: sustainable and better for I'm you. I'm Just
4: happy to hear a unit of measurement that doesn't involve lattes. <laughs> 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 ah, ah, yeah, 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 true.
0: All right, Christina, you want to jump in on? Oh, so we're let's kind of was a we're, we were talking about before how the changing news climate is really affecting uh, the election this year.
3: Yeah, and then we also we were just discussing, you know, what does that mean for the candidate now that you know you cannot do Facebook ads, mm-hmm. um, you the news Tribune, it, you, you know, you can't rely on the news Tribune to write, you know, report anything about your campaign. Um, that's going to change how candidates campaign this year. And I think I think that makes that means that us as consultants, we have to make sure our candidates are working hard to fundraise and really changing that narrative of, you know, you know, and 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 not as not a narrative that any of us share. I don't I don't think I've seen any of us operate in this way, but sometimes I've I've heard and, you know, in in different meetings or with people that I've connected with, um, you know, why, why, why should I fundraise? You know, I don't want to look like an establishment candidate. This establishment lingo comes up, um, and fundraising by no means means you're an establishment candidate, especially if you're you're getting a lot of support. I like to tell people the amount of <laughs> the if you're able to so. Let's rewind to, so that I don't get the shame bell. We have the public. We have the Public Disclosure Commission, which anyone can access to see. You know, okay, where is this candidate getting their funds from? How much have they fundraised? Pdc.wa.gov. Everyone, yeah. check it out. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so and so that that's a great resource just to see where this candidate's money comes comes from but i i also think that candidates should focus on making sure that they have a depth of donors right um it doesn't have to be coming from packs solely right if you can get people your family members to donate ten dollars to your campaign every month right mm-hmm. that's better than nothing right that's 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 if you can show you know people in the community or anyone that's checking the pdc that you're able to um inspire you know however many people to contribute to your campaign. I mean, that is essentially a preview of your votes, right? Um, And so I think changing that narrative of, oh, you know, fundraising, like no, fundraising is what keeps your campaign alive and you don't want to be the the, you don't want to be the most amazing candidate but have no resources to do anything and and really end up wasting your time. One
0: of the things I was always impressed by as a reporter when I'd be looking at the PDC is, like, when they had pages and pages of, of donors and yeah. people yeah. even giving, like, 20 bucks, 25 bucks, I'd always be like, okay, this person has, like, a more of a groundswell yeah. than getting, you know, $5,000 from Warehouser or something like that.
4: Yeah. I yeah. mean, oh, good. Oh. I mean, I think something that uh, – something that we talk to our candidates about, and this is different if you're running for legislature. If you're running for legislature, you're running for governor, you're running for you know Congress or whatever, you're – generally speaking, you're running against your opponent. Mm-hmm. And that, that's pretty much straightforward. I think that's what everyone thinks every election is like. Um, but what I always tell my candidates is it's not. If you're running for school board, if you're running for city council, um, if you're running for a county-level position, generally speaking, your biggest opponent is not the person you're running against. It's the lack of information of the voters. Yes. Right? And what that means specifically is it means it's – if you're running for Congress, voters already have an opinion about the incumbent or about you or about your opponent. A, it's a partisan race. B, it's a higher level office. Um, But when you're running for a local level office, especially a nonpartisan local level office, which generally speaking in Washington State, almost all of our local level offices are nonpartisan – Voters don't have that cue, that party label of, oh, I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican, so I know how to evaluate this race. Um, and they also don't have any idea who their incumbents are <laughs> <right? clears throat> or who the candidates are, especially in an open seat.
3: And also, let's call out there are some Dems and Republicans that- That switch. Yeah. Labels. <laughs>
4: yeah, right? Um, like, like Shelton, who uh, runs, you know, as a Democrat, but caucuses with the Republicans, mm-hmm. right? Because in Washington, we don't have parties, per se- in our partisan offices, we have prefers Democratic Party, right. prefers right. Republican right. Party, which means that any candidate can prefer whatever party they want, regardless of who they caucus us with. Right. Right. So, yeah, definitely. Good point, Christina. It gets ridiculous. But um, um, I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sorry.
1: So in short, it's like this. When you're running for for lo- local office, I don't care how, how many people you think who know you are, you're essentially do- it, it. it's a sometimes a year long job interview and, or you are actually raising funds to m- market a product. And that actual p- p- product is you had a candidate. Mm-hmm. I, I I I try to actually s- tell people in the most simplest way that is why you're raising funds.
0: And it's going to be more expensive without as much of that earned media coverage is my right. guess. Right. It
1: could be. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, do we want to talk a little bit about some spicy outside of Tacoma races?
1: Puyallup, p- 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 what? <laughs> I, said, I believe
4: what I said uh, off air was the Puyallup coup. Oh <laughs>
2: hey-oh. He <said> it.
4: <laughs> Which so, failed?
2: Yeah, right.
4: <laughs> yeah, for now. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So, what are your guys' thoughts on, on what's
4: going on there? I mean, Puyallup has always been yeah, a, has. a what was your word? Spicy electoral. I mean, going back, going back at least you know. 10, 20 years, um, it's been very, a very contentious council, very contentious community. Um, I think that, you know, we've seen that just in in so many different ways in different, different coalitions, um, or alignments on council have had different issues that have divided them. Um, I think that the issue currently, or the issue that's been at the top for the last few years is homelessness, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. for, uh, So some background information on that, if I may, please correct me because I'm not a specialist on this. But Puyallup is currently, I believe, under investigation uh, for violating the Constitution, human rights, uh, because they've effectively de facto banned uh, uh, homeless shelters Mm -hmm. within the city limits. Um, And meanwhile, making it illegal to be homeless, right, Right. if you're not in a shelter that you can't be in because there aren't any um and so you know the outcome of that is is yet to be seen but i think judging from what we've seen in other cases it's you know my non i'm not an attorney but my non-legal specialist opinion is it doesn't look good for puyallup right um so i think that's been a really driving issue um i think that you know just from talking to folks there from from the campaigns we've run there's a sense in puyallup that puyallup isn't responsible for the homeless who are there because they're outsiders. They're not from Puyallup. Now, the data doesn't support that, oh, but um, uh, but that's, that's I think, the perception. Um, and so that's been a real division on council. Uh, but then I think you also just have a personality division, personality conflicts that have um, uh, driven a lot of that. And I think that's where we saw um, some of the motivation for this proposal to convert Puyallup from a... Uh, council mayor system to a what's well, called a strong mayor system, yeah. uh, and and what that means is the um, in in Tacoma we have a council mayor system. The mayor is the- it's a council manager. I'm oh, sorry, council manager. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Dorian. No problem. Someone else, want, do want to take yeah. over the explanation on that? No. All
2: right. Basically,
4: our mayor is a member of council, right? Mm-hmm. They're, uh, in effect, the, the president of, of council. And then there is a city manager who is a hired executive who operates the city. Whereas some other cities, Everett, for example, uh, has a, what's called a strong mayor system where the mayor is the executive officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're more like a, a president or county executive Right, rather than a member of the legislative body, and so they manage and oversee the operations. Um, so, what that means from an electoral perspective is that the the um, it would vest a lot more power in whoever is able to get the mayor's position. Right, mm-hmm. and you know there there are different pros and cons to each system in different cities, uh, but I think it's generally understood that Puyallup would be an anomaly among cities of its size had it gone that route. Mm-hmm. Um, and and some certainly perceived it as a power grab by a particular individual.
2: Right, who? Who?
4: <laughs> I, I, I don't mind saying it, Jim Castamo.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. you guys have. I feel like Dorian. I feel like you're sitting on a spicy take.
1: No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I mean, he's just trying to goad me into saying as much as I can. Exactly. But no, but, but no, Nick's right. I mean, piala has had has had these ongoing issues for a while now the current city manager used to be the actual city um, attorney as well so 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 it's like i could see puyallup you know having an uh another issue uh, during the next election cycle it's just it's just it appears to be a puyallup thing Mm.
3: oh puyallup
0: yeah (laughs) seriously (laughs) so So we haven't really talked too much about tacoma city council yet um
1: where do we start? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, wherever you want. And what do you think is what is the what is the key point of this year's election
1: on Tacoma City Council? Christina, what you got?
3: The key point. I mean, I would definitely say it's position eight, at least this at-large seat. I think it's going to be really interesting, it's especially the seat. Yeah, yep. and he's. He's termed out. out. Yep, yeah, it's really it's going to be interesting to see who who else jumps into those races, uh, to that race, um, and and see how they're able to um, galvanize our community wow. to rally support behind them. I'm I'm really interested in seeing what their values are and. Right. And, yeah, what their platforms are as well.
0: Right. So Ryan is very, like, environmentally conscious. Mm-hmm. He is, I would say, one of the more harder left-leaning candidate or uh, members of the yeah. city council. He yeah. has a lot of leadership on that council. He has a lot of influence on that council. Uh, who's running so far and where do you see, you know, where do you see, what personalities are we seeing? Anyone?
3: Mm-hmm. So uh full disclosure, um we just started working with John O'Loughlin. He is running um for that seat. Um so yeah, we're 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 interested in seeing, you know, who else who else runs in that seat and
0: is he the only one that's announced so far? No. No.
3: Uh Christina Walker is also announced. Right.
0: So Christina Walker is the executive director of Downtown on the go. Is that right? I, I think believe so. so. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And what about uh, some other races? What do we see in some other races? Dorian?
1: I don't know because we don't have any other candidates in any other city council races. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, right, however, he does. Yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> so just district, district 1 uh, is the other race. And
4: frankly, um, so we've got two candidates so far declared. John Hines, who ran previously and lost against Anders Ibsen, and Nate Laver, who we're working with. Um, and, uh, you know, we yet to be determined whether anyone else uh, jumps to that race or not or if it's just a two-person race. But that's mm-hmm. that's the state currently. Um, I, I mean, I certainly would, would enjoy talking perhaps a little more than handicapping our candidates oh, yeah, um, for sure. about, you know, the kinds of the, the issues facing Tacoma voters and maybe some of the, the top issues that um, are going to define these elections rather than the people who are going to be contending right. them. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I just
0: wanted to kind of lay out what's what's been out there so far. <laughs> <Yeah>. But um, <laughs> there's not a lot. I mean, even a couple, couple years ago when uh, there was the mayor's race, I feel like there was a lot more action at this point already.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, also, too, we have two in can come into a running, too. Right. So Keith Blocker and Nick Conor McCarthy as well.
0: So. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone has declared against either of them at this point. No,
1: no not I don't yet. not so either. Yeah. No. Uh-huh.
0: So what do, you, what do we see as the top three big issues yeah. in this election? Mm-hmm. Dorian?
1: I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. All right. <laughs> um, I would say, um, against s- sub-area. Mm-hmm. Plan at the mm-hmm. port, uh, where I believe that they have what the council passed what just a month ago, uh, another another six months, I believe, as mm-hmm. well. So I, I see that being an actual ongoing issue for who, for who knows how long mm-hmm. at, at this point. Um, uh, another one is actually um, of, of, of Fort I mean, Like For instance, I, I serve on the city's planning uh, commission, and we spent an awful lot of time discussing ADUs. And so essentially seeing that council, believe, on his on his upcoming agenda, if not, mm-hmm. if not s- sometime next m- month, we'll actually take a vote on that as well. And also, I believe, um, hum- homelessness as well. Mm-hmm. So so and, you know, I I hate hearing, like, for instance, uh, the phrase homeless crisis, if not Opioid crisis. Mm-hmm. It's like as if it's just its just started. Right. Like, people, these issues have been going. We all have people in our families who yeah. have, if not, are still homeless mm-hmm. and who, who have probably been homeless ever since we were little children. That was a crisis for your actual family years mm-hmm. ago. And right. it's like it's called a crisis thinking that we are actually going to do something to, to address it. <laughs> but it's like, well... The issue is housing and our overall market system. There are winners and losers. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, when it actually comes to losing persons, end up homeless
0: mm-hmm. it's a well. crisis now because it's at <clears throat> business owners front doors and exactly. in their alleyways like exactly. that's I why think, it's a crisis i think you asked
4: about nimby's earlier mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. if i can be blunt i think it's a crisis because nimby's are seeing it exactly right. yeah.
0: it's more visible that's why we're talking yeah. about now yeah, but, yeah. yeah. and can we rewind really quick i didn't shame bill you on adus but a lot of people probably don't Ooh, know what an adu they is they
1: should so <laughs> accessory dwelling Units so And then I mean. D-80s. And D-80s. Oh, Dad Dad is that
3: detached. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and he's on the planning commission. He just got schooled on This that. just
2: got so nerdy so fast. <laughs> no, I mean, I knew...
1: I, I, I knew... I, 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 <laughs>
2: Speechless. I mean,
1: actually no i I knew exactly right. who, what it was i just I, I wanted to see if y'all knew what it was yeah so it'll
0: basically allow single family zoning to have extra housing attached yeah. or detached
1: yeah and, and i think also too one actual um um statement floating around is that you know Homeowners have to live in, you know, the actual uh, um, property or live on a property that they have an ADU, if not a a -A DA to you on, which to me is I don't agree because I'm kind of like, okay, um, when you actually do something like that, I, I get the I get the fear that all of a sudden some out of towner could come in and sweep up all the properties. Well, that out of towner can already do that. Right. They are. They have. Well, yeah. So <laughs> so I'm I'm like this. We're actually trying to house more people who are increasingly becoming un and un, un unable to actually afford it. Mm-hmm. Let's find constructive ways to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I think in general that that is that is going to be on ongoing topic through, through this current economic cycle and, and moving forward who have the council probably in, in the next four years as well another one could be the for again lack of a better word i hate but the opioid crisis is not opioid and no sorry it's not a crisis people have always been addicted to drugs and frankly certain ethnic groups were actually the target of a a war on drugs.
3: Let's talk about the crack epidemic, yeah, like exactly
1: because no one
3: nobody yeah. talks about, yeah. you know how that affected families only yeah. now. And I'll be fully, I'll be fully honest, um, like it's affecting white families, right? Yeah. So now it's a crisis white when middle income and upper income right. families, right, yeah. right, right, right. So now it's a crisis, but when black families were having their families torn apart because this was funneled into our communities um there was no there was no thought to it about it being a crisis it was oh you all need to and and that wasn't that wasn't the narrative that is now what we're hearing for the opioid crisis
4: yeah i mean i'm i'm uh I'm a white male, so I'm you know speaking from from a, uh, a position of uh, my, my perspective on this. But um, it is uh, it's certainly interesting to see how when opioids are affecting, when prescription drugs, or now if folks are turning to heroin for their opioid addiction, uh, are affecting white middle up income and upper income families. It's oh, we need to help these individuals. Right. So Whereas many when time's when people pieces. of color uh, had been drug users, it's we need to you know lock up the drug dealers, lock up the users. Mm. Right.
3: Yeah. And can I put in a shameless plug about being an ally? Because I had this conversation this week and I want to continue these conversations. As we teach our kids, we teach our kids about, you know, recycling. We teach them about, you know, how to treat people nicely so that they're not bullies. Let's make sure that we're teaching our kids how to be an ally. Let's make sure we're teaching them how to listen to people of color when they're speaking. And, and really, and really, just like... and. Yeah, just like how we, you know, we will read the news, we will stay up to date with that stuff. Let's stay up to date with um, making sure that, like, you don't have to be talked to about your micro microaggressions. Like, let's make sure that we're staying up to date with those kind of things too. Hell yeah!
1: So, so I think in general that a, a, a lot of these issues will will again affect the council, and I could and I could even see that, you know, I mean, the council is actually getting younger and also more diverse again. And I think a lot of those issues, including actually talking about you know being a true of effective ally will will again forever be a challenge but I can definitely see the council sp- speaking more <clears throat> freely on the or at least should mm-hmm. speak more more freely about, like, okay we are actually representing a very diverse community. How exactly are we going to truly represent those we are actually serving yeah so
0: uh, Nick, you want to run down your three top council issues?
4: I mean, I think I think Dorian hit on the top three issues that newly elected council members will be facing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, what I don't know um, is whether or not to how, how engaged is the electorate um, with the actual political reality of the city uh, and the policy decisions facing the city. Um, I don't know that. You know, I I haven't seen any polling. No one's conducted any polling. Mm-hmm. No one will conduct any polling mm-hmm. on um, voter engagement on the ADU issue. Right. 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 Um, I don't know how much that that kind of um, penetrates the electorate. But we know so, the nimbys will
0: be
2: out. Right. Right. right yeah. mm-hmm.
4: um, but but you know. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you have, you, have, you have minority swaths of the electorate that are louder than than their numbers would, would otherwise dictate. Mm-hmm. So you know how much of how much of the election is going to be about. Um, that and homelessness and you know, af- housing affordability and, and opioids and how much of the electorate is going to be about potholes and oh, public yeah. oh, safety oh, Lord, and, and jobs. jobs, right? jobs, so, jobs. Um, but look, I think these are the, I think things things in many ways aren't mutually exclusive, mm-hmm. right. Um, so I think that gen- one thing I will say with confidence is that affordability right Mm -hmm. as it affects wages Mm -hmm. um you know tacoma's minimum wage increase uh minimum wage increases conversations generally Mm -hmm. um in the state the city and the nation um uh housing affordability in this in this in our region in the you know uh, the, the tacoma seattle puget sound corridor um and um and i think that that is both that affects you know prices for homeowners who are buying. It also affects, of course, rent. Um, and you've got the conversations around um, tenant rights. And mm-hmm. so how much of that is going to be parsed out at the, the kind of minute policy level that, you know, the folks on the Planning Commission and others this year who, who have a pretty good sense of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how much of the voters, uh, how, to what extent the voters are going to engage on that level versus on the broader level of affordability? It's getting harder mm-hmm. to live in Tacoma. Right, um, or, or 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 you know those higher level types types of issues. I don't know. Um, so, so I so I would I would I would nuance what Dorian's saying in that regard, but otherwise I think he's probably right in terms of the top issues. Mm-hmm. One other thing I, I want to touch on and expand on, on Dorian's point that on homelessness specifically, I think that we taught we. It is undeniable that homelessness is driven to a large extent by our affordability crisis, but I think that we also in Tacoma have very real decisions that future councils are going to need to make because prior councils, I think, neglected to make some of these tough decisions about what to do with the homeless people who we have even when it is affordable to live here. Even if we are able to solve our affordability issues, we're still going to have homeless folks, right? Um, And how, how do we treat them? What do we what do we do with our homeless neighbors? Right. Um, do we do we continue the policy of kind of bouncing them back and forth between different locations and having the police clear out encampments right. or, or do we not? And and, you know, run the risk of uh, the downsides of more established camps, uh, whether mm-hmm. whether official or, or de facto.
0: Yeah, I got to say the ban on the ban on camping is really chaps my ass. A whole I'm lot. pissed. Yeah, it's not. It's not right. Any, Christina.
3: Um, i would I would agree with what both Nick and and dorian had said yeah definitely um affordability um and and, and especially in just i i am I'm, I'm of course focused on our our position eight um seat but sustainability and and, and thinking about you know the this Tide flats of area Planet is a huge 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 um a huge issue and I think, Yeah, just thinking about like, at least for me, I I don't think there's a consistent definition of green jobs, right? Like there's There's so many different definitions. And so really, really just, just, yeah. So sustainability, affordability, um, and economic development, I mean, which is all in one. Um, Yeah.
0: All right, last question. What is your favorite place to eat and or drink in Tacoma right now?
2: Hmm.
0: (sighs) Or your least favorite if you want to get (laughs) spicy.
3: Uh, Well, so my favorite now, Mm. Keith and I have really been enjoying Moctezuma. I love Moctezuma. Yes, Moctezuma Moctezuma is amazing. Like, amazing. So, yeah, that's my favorite right now.
1: Nope. Don't look at me, Nick.
4: All right. I've got a three-year-old and a 10-month-old. Uh, pretty much the too. exact same yes. as, as the blockers. Yeah. Uh, so you guys have apparently been doing a better job of getting out than we have. But, 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 Uber um, Eats. Um, Moctezuma's is a good place to bring the kids because everyone else is there with their kids and it's loud and it doesn't matter how upset your 10-month-old is. So <laughs> mm-hmm. um, th- I, that's where we've been going, too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. but, but let's be
1: real. I'm, we're not getting out much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for me, two places: um, my house and also um, a Pacific Southern.
0: Nice.
3: Yeah, Pacific Southern is good. Yeah. I wish they would bring back those
1: beef ribs.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else you want to add on the state of the two thousand nineteen election?
1: It's quiet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speak up.
0: Yeah, more people run. It'll be mm-hmm. fun.
1: Or, 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 or the very least, have have like you know a more engaged. Voter itself, because I mean, you know, for me, seeing you know, you know, activity on on Facebook, and seeing the same persons come to pu- public forum or even come to planning, I can mention this one thing. But I'm more ex- excited to see uh, the actual uh, the voter turnout for this, this coming cycle. Yeah. Let's see how much change has actually because we we actually saw increase <laughs> numbers last year. Yeah. I'm wondering how it, it, it'll look on, 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 a, on a local level.
3: Yeah. So, yeah.
0: All right. Thank you guys so much for coming in. Thank I you. really appreciate it. Thanks
1: Thank for having you. us. Yeah. Everyone vote. <laughs> and also Piol <pure> cool. Ku. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Citizen Tacoma is part of the Channel 253 network. Check out our other podcasts. Move to Tacoma, Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, Crossing Division, We Art Tacoma, Flounders B Team, and Tacoma. If you'd like to reach out to us about anything you heard on the show today or if you'd like to suggest a guest or a topic, please email me at candace.rood at gmail.com. That's Candace with an I rude, R-U-U-D, at gmail.com. The Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Candace Rood and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel
2: 253.